Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. In this episode, we're talking to Ariel Phoenix again. This is the January update. I'm releasing this kind of as a bonus episode. Here's what happened. My schedule kind of got smushed up a little bit, so I wanted to release the January update before we got too far into March. Part of the reason is because Ariel and I started the case study a little bit late, so we were behind the eight ball, and I wanted to make sure that we had a baseline episode for the very first update. Of course, that put us a little behind schedule, and we'll be getting another update pretty soon from Ariel, so I wanted to get this out the door, and that is why... There's an extra episode this week. No sponsors. We're just mo- I'm sponsoring it. I'm, I'm pushing this out today. And this is a pretty quick update. If you have any questions, anything you want us to cover for the next one, anything you want me to ask in future uh, episodes with Ariel, just let me know. Feedback at Doug.show. And let's get to the real show here. Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we get an update from Ariel. This is the January 2022 update, and if you missed the opening, the inaugural episode, you can go back. We'll link to it in the description here. But basically, we're working together on a case study to grow her site. Ariel, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Doing great, and I'm I'm pumped to hear how things have been going. So we did a, a quick baseline on your portfolio of sites, and then we've narrowed things down to just the one site that we're going to focus on. Now, before we get to that, just in general, how's the portfolio doing? Because I know there was some growth with a couple of the other sites too, and you don't have to give exact numbers, but is it growing? Oh, is it contracting? Yeah. Everything's going up. Everything's going up. I guess all the content's maturing of the past year because I've non-stop published. So I guess I'm just seeing the fruits of that labor now. So yeah, all going up. And do you happen to remember, it doesn't have to be exact, but the top line revenue that you brought in for January? Yeah, January was just shy of $2,000. I think it was five dollars under and that was a return an amazon return that would have (laughs) would have taken that over two thousand dollars but yeah just about uh congratulations it's a good amazing milestone and if i remember right december was like 700 bucks or something is that right no december was over a thousand it's just over a thousand so almost double Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Regardless, still a huge amount of growth. And you did mention you were working on things for about a year. So it's not like all of a sudden things jumped. You've been working at this for a little while. And as I mentioned, we're going to focus on one site that you identified is one that was growing pretty quick. So let's go ahead and dive into that one. And can you give me a little summary of the month? Let me know about the revenue and the traffic and, and maybe some of the work that you accomplished? Yeah, January's earnings are, were $99.64, so just almost $100. Lifetime earnings on the site now are $168.55. 
And the majority of that comes from Amazon and then obviously Ezoic display ads. And then there's a little bit from this um, from my digital products. And I've got 200 posts and I'm at 4,371 page views in January. And that's that's a little over double the traffic or pretty close to double the traffic? Yeah, from December, yes. So the lifetime traffic was was 7,615 visits. So 4,300 in January is most of that. All right. Very good. So nice growth trajectory. And you mentioned about 200 articles. What work did you do on the site in January? I added... 30 articles in January, which brought it to 200 posts. Um, that was all entirely outsourced. I think, yeah, I think most, maybe 25 of that was outsourced and I wrote five, like, cluster articles. Okay. And we do have a, a full write-up that you published over on Niche Site Project, so people can go take a look at that. And I, I see on here you have expenses of about $500. So that's hosting, Ezoic Premium, and the majority of that went to the content, right? Yeah. And is that your normal budget for the site, like 500 bucks a month, or does that go up and down? Yeah, it's based on the earnings and the outgoing. So most of it is good. Now that I'm just focusing on this site, next month's, or next month's budget, most of that will be going back in. So maybe about $1,000 on content and then the rest on, yeah, just leave some for the following month. Okay. And the way this, the, the rest of this interview is going to go. So it's actually, you know, partially coaching, but what we'll talk about is like things that went well, things that didn't go well. And then you have uh, some questions that we'll get into overall, what went really well in January? I managed to hit my content goal, my, my post goal, which was 25 to 30 articles a month. So that went well. Doing the topic clusters is something that I've just started doing. I never really got those right before because I ended up interlinking to everything possible. So now I'm trying to do silos and that seems to be going well. I won't know if, if that's really gone well until they that I start to get traffic from them. But um, staying on track, focusing on the one site is, that's helped. That's gone really well. And also, like you said before, out, outreach. So reaching out to people within the niche, that's gone really well. As I said to you before, I did hear back from some of the people in the niche. I was going to ask you a little bit more because I've been talking about doing outreach on social media and really just trying to network versus asking for links. So at this point in time, I suspect you don't have any links. You probably haven't even talked about it, but you're making some good contacts. Is that right? Like you said, not asking, not asking for any links, just giving them something rather than saying, can you link to my site? Um, featuring them or their brand or their business. They're more likely to respond to you because you're, you're giving them something for free. So they're happy to, and I've had, a lot of success of that. I was a bit apprehensive about outreach initially because it's the whole rejection thing, sending out tons of emails and then not hearing back. But it seems every time I've reached out to somebody within the niche, they've got back to me the same day or the next day because I'm offering something up front. And with the 
topic clusters and, and siloing, you mentioned it's going pretty well as far as the implementation. Are you tracking it in a specific way that's, so that you'll know the results at the end? No, I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to track it. I just thought, take the topic and find all the questions. The people also ask questions around it. And just even if they're 500 word posts, doing the post and then interlinking. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to track it. If, if you've got any ideas, that, that would be good. So just in general, probably looking on Google Analytics will give you some baseline because you have historical data and then you can compare things. But one thing you can do, it may not be totally relevant depending on how you're doing it but you can create custom reports so you could isolate the topic areas that you have put clusters around. And then you can see, oh, added clusters. The thing is, it's never in isolation, so it's not scientific or anything, but directionally it can give you an idea. So for example, let's say you have a piece of content that has been around for a while and you put all the questions in the topic cluster, how you described it, you're in, internally linking in a strategic way, but you've also maybe gotten a couple backlinks. Your site's older. That original piece of content has aged. Maybe you added to that content and put FAQs or beefed it up a little bit. So all of a sudden you have a bunch of variables. So you don't know which thing yeah. it was, but you're probably doing all those things as often as you can. So if you yeah. do see you know good results, at least you can you can see, oh, I created this custom report. I can see these posted well, these posts didn't do well. Can you identify why did all of them improve? Sometimes that happens, but just being a little more strategic about how you're looking at the analytics versus just the top line uh, summary of the whole entire site. You have to dive down and and look in there. I'm doing the clusters are mainly, um, linking to so if I've done a a product review or a top five or top three I've um, done the questions around that so that's the other parent page and then the the, so maybe I'll get more traffic to or I'll just move up for that keyword that the bio keyword I don't know but yeah I can if I see that post going up then I guess that's right yep and that's another thing you could do if it is Specific like that, you can track the exact keyword or keywords that you're looking at for that piece of content. That would be fine too. Anything else going really well for you? I've not been writing as much on this site as I was initially because I don't know, because it's not something that I was initially interested in and it does start to get a bit repetitive. So I just want to get the keywords and throw those out to the writers. But what what I guess a good thing is that the writers know exactly what to do when it comes to those types of keywords. So they hammer those out pretty fast. So that is working. The templates, as I mentioned before. Oh, yeah, I've improved how I manage the workflow. So I've just moved that over to Google Sheets, which is free and simple. And um, all the writers can just put there and they just put the Google Docs link and then I can see what's been done, that they've done it. So that way I can see, I can make sure I'm on track to do my 25 to 30 posts per month and hit those goals. So just getting more organized, I think, has helped a lot. You said you moved over to 
Google Docs, Google Sheets. Yeah, just the simpler solution is usually best. And we want to think yeah. we're solving a more complicated problem with a more complicated tool. But really, most of the stuff is really simple. I've yeah. In my corporate days, I managed, it was for a big company. So I managed multi-million dollar projects with oh. like a spreadsheet. Like that's that was <laughs> the tool that we used. You didn't need, like we had any project management tool we wanted and we yeah. used the easiest one possible because more people could use it and there's less things to break. Okay. Now, before we get to your questions, there is one other area, which is the earnings per thousand visitors, EPMV or yeah, page views, I guess it is. So what is it? And I know we, we actually had a little offline discussion, so let's get into it a little bit here. Okay. So the EPMV is quite low. I've said, I've actually phrased it as disappointingly low at $7.43 in comparison to my other sites. It's not great. So I was a bit concerned about that because it is, it's, an informa- it's largely informational site. So if that doesn't improve, it's not, right. not very good. What is the EPMV for your other site? The site that's doing really well, it's got, a, it's, the EPMV is like 30, $37. One of the things that we talked about is it, no matter which uh, company that you're working with, it'll take a little while to optimize yeah. and refine the ads that are shown, where they're shown, and there's a lot of A-B testing happening. It can improve and and it should improve over time as the ads are more accurate and it just, it is showing the visitors, the ads that they can relate to the most and they would interact with the most. But we don't know how it's going to turn out and I don't know either, just in in general. So it all like you said, your other site's doing really well and this one stayed low. Now, how long did it take to get to that higher EPMV for the other site? Yeah, that's the thing. It probably wasn't always, it probably was like around $14 or $15 initially and it's gone up over time. But another thing on that site is I only had 22 placeholders. So for it to have been so high with just not even optimized, I went back in and I put on the AI placeholders and now it it dropped for a bit, but then I know it's going to take some time to level back up. So I guess just wait it out and see what happens. If it improves over the next four months or so then, because I mean, I've not been that, I've not been on Ezoic that long with that site. The site is still quite young. So it's only been a couple of months. When I think about this concern, it does make sense. The other part, because it is okay if it's a lower EPMV, if you have a huge amount of traffic. My concern here, and it's probably where you arrived at too, is this isn't like a huge set of keywords that at least the way I'm thinking about it is it's just not as popular as some other keywords and other whole topic areas that I've seen in the past. So that is a little concerning. And my my thought overall is, like you said, see how it goes, play it out. You won't know until some time passes and you actually get yeah. real data. But overall, I would say if it does pan out to not be what we expect to pivot, yeah. it's too bad that you had the whole portfolio of sites because it distracted you at the beginning. But the luxury yeah. of having the portfolio is you can pivot easier to the one that's like, the snowball rolling downhill versus yeah. this, you know, pushing the boulder up. 
yeah yeah I'm glad I've got those two to go back over to if yeah <laughs> and yeah. no regrets with starting too many sites and it's uh it is a nice luxury, but we don't want to skip around too much, but it is, since you have it there, yeah. I'm not opposed to pivoting if needed. All right. Anything else you could think of before we shift over to the questions that you have? No, no. All right, let's do it. What do you have on your list? Okay. If an article is ranking really low for a keyword that you didn't intend to rank for, should you add a H2 to that article or start a new article? How, how closely does it line up with the topic area? And I'll give you a little criteria. Would the same searcher be interested in the subtopic as well? Or is it a little bit different? Is their intent a little bit different? I think they'd be interested in the, in the topic. May as well throw it in there and see how it goes. Put the H2 or H3 tag, depending on however it fits in the hierarchy, and then see how it goes. If it does well, then stick with it. And then if you see that it didn't move up in rankings or something, then maybe you you make it a a separate uh, topic, a separate post, and it could be part of the cluster. The other one is is very similar. When there's, there's similar buyers keywords, but for different audiences, So I've not got an example, maybe best computer chair for this, best computer chair for that. It's the same, you'd be recommending the same product, but, or the same set of products, but the, but the keyword is completely different. Would you do another post? Would you keep doing the same post essentially, but targeting that keyword? Separate post. And I have a perfect example. I, the example that I give is with blenders. I'll give you three keywords and you'll probably, you, you can play along at home and, and see if you can match up the two and then I'll explain it. So okay. best blender for milkshakes, best blender for protein shakes, and best blender for workout shakes. Two of those are related to being in shape and working out. And the other yeah. one is related to a delicious dessert drink, a milkshake. And they don't care about working out, most likely. Yeah. I, I love milkshakes, but I wouldn't want to drink a milkshake immediately before or after working out. (laughs) So you get the point. And the thing is, it might be the same exact blenders that you would recommend in all Mm -hmm. of the cases, but I would pair up the protein shake and the workout shake in one post because it's the same searcher. They have the same context and they are thinking about protein shakes or workout shakes or working out. The milkshake person is into ice cream and other sweet <laughs> treats like that. Yeah. And I guess so, the, the content that you write around it would be tailored to the searcher. So. Right. Yep. And the, the workout person would land on the milkshake page and it's, are you looking to make the tastiest milkshake with yeah. all these wonderful fatty ingredients? And they're like, no, I'm looking for like a protein shake. I want... None of this sugary ice cream. Sounds good. I'm getting hungry. What was another one? Okay, thoughts on linking to competitors. So in my niche, there, yeah, everybody's a competitor pretty much. But if I want to link out, if besides Amazon, I'm going to be linking to a competitor. So I don't know 
do you do that or do you recommend it because you're giving them yeah giving them more juice right yeah it's probably fine i wouldn't do it a huge amount but the way i look at it is if it's actually a good resource and it can be helpful then sure I don't feel too bad linking to a competitor, but if it's a, you know, crappy content, clearly not that good, I would skip it. And, you know, if possible, link to manufacturers or like actual authorities that maybe they're big on sales, but they're not direct competitors in the sense that they're creating a affiliate review type site. So You can do it, tread lightly overall, but if it's truly a good resource, you shouldn't feel bad about sending uh, the link juice over to them and linking to them is a good resource. Infinite scroll, it seems like an easy hack to increase time on page, but I don't hear it spoken about much or that often. Is there any reason for that? I, you know what? It's been a while since I've looked into it and I don't have much to go on. I think at one point in time, it was very popular. Like you said, people just keep scrolling. They're on the site longer. They see more and more ads, but from, you know, the user experience as a end user, sometimes I find it annoying. Other times I'm okay with it, but I, you know what? I don't have enough experience to have a strong opinion on it. And by the way, have you done much research with it? Did you run across it? Because my time on page on this site was lower again, lower than the others. I don't know. I, I, I need to ask you about that actually, because I'm not sure whether they're, how do I check if they're bouncing to another page or if they're just getting their information? It seems like they're getting their information and going because of the type of posts. But I won't know. So I put an infinite scroll to kind of combat the lower time on page to keep okay. them scrolling. So I'm not going to know. I am not sure. I know other people don't know the kind of informational content that we're talking about, but it is mm-hmm. something where you can look it up. You mm-hmm. get the answer and you don't need to be on the page that long. You get your yeah. answer and you can move on. So okay. I I don't know because I think Google would hold this information because they can see if someone went back to the SERP and kept trying to find another answer or if they just got their answer and then stopped. So little unclear to me, I will be interested to hear how the infinite scroll plays out for you on that site, but in general, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the next one is about, I think the next, there's just two more and they're about, VAs or hiring. So when it's time to hire an editor, I know you mentioned before promoting a writer, one of your best writers, or is it, if you've got other tasks, is it worth getting a VA at this point or just hiring your writer? Sure. Either one would completely be fine. I have hired both roles And I guess it just depends on how much other stuff you have them doing. And I think it could be okay because there are a lot of not necessarily admin tasks, but tasks that you could delegate out. And I think that would be fine. And generally, and I I think one of the reasons why I like to have or be promoted is because if you go out and look for an editor or a content manager, you end up with people that held that role professionally and they basically charge a lot more because maybe they ran a magazine website 
and they they should be paid more for managing a magazine website, but a content manager for a single website with like virtually no staff, no management, that's completely different. So you end up with paying a a more uh, reasonable rate for tasks that are within that scope. So you're not like underpaying anyone. It's just like you're hiring a more junior type role. Now, the great part is if you hire an executive assistant type person, a general assistant who can send emails, work with spreadsheets, they have general organization and they can communicate. Well, that's a person that could also probably proofread quickly and follow your job aid to draft your post. And it's not highly skilled stuff. It's just following a handful of steps, making a couple judgment calls, but nothing crazy. So either one would be fine. And if you do have other tasks, sure, hire a general VA and you could could find people for 10, 15 bucks an hour pretty easily based in the UK or US, Canada, wherever. Like it's not too crazy to get a person who's mostly organized. Yeah. Okay. I think that was it because the other question was another VA question, but you, yeah, pretty much answered that. Perfect. Okay. So we hit some of the concerns, some of the things you were a little happy about that went well. What is coming up in the next month or so here? Um, Sticking to the 30 or 30 articles as the minimum that I'm trying to hit each month. And if I can do more, then that's good. But I'm hoping to have enough keywords to put 500 posts on it by the end of the year so I'm on track with that which is and more outreach so that's why I want to hire the VA or promote the editor so they can take care of because that's I am the bottleneck now having taking too long to put posts up so yeah so if I can delegate that task then I can focus on like communicating with doing my outreach and stuff or maybe get the VA to do that because it's then growing social and social takes a lot of time. I've done it in the past. It's not fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great too. And I guess you have worked on social in the past, so you know what it takes, but it's always good to run through the steps and then you can document it and then get it over to your assistant, especially even though you've done it before, you're working with a different set of people, a different industry. So it probably makes sense to have a tailored approach that you could share with the VA after you, yeah. you, you get bored. It's exciting at first and then it gets boring after a while, right? Yeah. Repetitive. <laughs> Very good. All right. I think that's it for today. Do you have anything else you want to share? Yeah, no, that's everything. All right, great. And you have a YouTube channel and a blog. You just want to mention it real quick. We'll put links so people can get to it. But yeah, if you just want to give a little plug. Yeah, so you can find me over at arielphoenix.com. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash. I used to do precious metal videos and crypto videos, and I can't figure out how to change my URL. So (laughs) that's my YouTube. But um, yeah, arielphoenix.com. I'm going to be documenting, briefly documenting the growth of my other sites. But again, focusing on site seven here with Doug. All right, great. And we'll probably be doing a, you know, kind of a short topic and interview on using 
AI, because you have a decent amount of experience and you use AI tools quite a bit. And I always make fun of them and talk down on them. So we'll hear how someone actually uses them in an effective way. And that'll be coming up soon. So be sure you subscribe to the the show here so you can get that episode when it comes out. So thanks a lot. And we'll talk soon. Thanks for checking out this episode and be sure to listen to the first one if you didn't get the full update initially. And I have some great episodes coming up. We have a fun website flipping story. I think I mentioned that not too long ago. And then another site where basically someone didn't choose a niche and they published reviews on all these random different products. And I'll have a couple episodes where I talk about things that I've been working on. So number one, I sold one of my smaller sites. It ends up being kind of an interesting website flip story, but on a smaller scale than what I normally cover with my guests. So I bought the site for about $4,000 and then sold it not too long ago. The other piece is some content improvement that I've been doing. So I'll be able to share some of the details around what I've done and the results that I saw and how I am, I'm not lazy, but I was going to say how I consistently want to do a little bit more, but I'm, I'm fairly disciplined in that I'm trying not to work too much. What a weird problem to have. All right. So I'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day out there.